0: Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. You can't change. God is the only one that can change you. You can't be reconciled. God is the one that's going to exchange. There's something that's going to take place. This isn't about you going to get your car detailed, okay, and clean it up a little bit. This is a major overhaul that needs to happen inside of you.
1: Welcome to the Friday edition of High Point with Ron Zapia. He's the pastor of High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. We're in a study about surrendering yourself to God. It's called First Things First. And Ron, today we're talking about surrendering to Jesus.
0: Yeah, we certainly are, Steve. That's God's son, and we want to surrender ourselves to him. And man, that's what this program is all about, that we want to take our faith to the next level. But hold on for a moment. Let's stop. And I want to ask this question because I hear it a lot. Why should I do it? I mean, why should I surrender myself to him? The simple answer is this, that God's plan is better than your plan. That's the answer to the question. The simple answer is this, that you know what? We all walk with a crutch, man. Have you not realized that, you know what? You are walking with a crutch and Jesus is the answer. That's what this message is about. It's putting Jesus first in our lives. How do we do it? Listen up.
1: We're in Colossians chapter one with a message titled Surrendered to God's Son. Humpty Dumpty sat on a
0: wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Boy, you did good. Give yourselves a round of applause. That was good, man. So nobody could help this guy? I mean, come on, you know, I mean, nobody could just, like, you know, what was the deal? Like, he was so shattered that he was beyond human help? Like, didn't they have hospitals? Didn't they have doctors? Didn't they have the know-how to put him back together, to sit him back up on that wall? Answer, no. They didn't. I guess he must have needed some more help. I guess maybe he must have needed some divine intervention because sometimes life circumstance, when you fall off the wall, you get broken so badly that not anyone else can help you unless God steps in. The fate of every person, whether you realize it or not, is that crisis is coming. That the outward shell is going to be broken that you're going to need some help. And I stand here at this pulpit on this stage to remind you, to tell you, to declare to you that God wants to put you back together. That's his desire. Sometimes in the midst of the crisis, and you say, well, I haven't had a crisis. Well, guess what? Be ready, it's coming. I don't know what it's gonna look like, And it comes at variety of stages or different looks for different people in God's sovereignty. But it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And God desires to do this. He desires to come alongside you. He desires to help you. He desires to put you back together, even if you don't think that's true. That's his heart desire. Well, how does he do it? That's where we're going. That's the question that I want to answer this morning. How exactly does God go ahead and put us back together? What does that look like specifically? Good question. Open your Bibles, please. If you brought a Bible, open up to Colossians chapter 1. This is the topic, I wanna explain it, it's simply this theological term, it summarizes the entirety of the Bible. This morning you came here and you're like, well, I'm not really sure. I think I know what the Bible's all about, but I I don't know for sure. I'm gonna answer that. Summarized in one word, the word is this, reconciliation. That that's the message of the Bible, cover to cover. You think, well, I thought it was about salvation. That's true, but our part in the process is reconciliation, that God would do what? That we would be applied, that he would put our lives back together because they can get messed up. Anybody agree with me? And so I want to talk to you. I want to walk through these verses, and I want to talk to you about reconciliation. I want to give you its purpose, I want to do this. I want to give you its price, what it costs. It's going to be laid out right here in these verses. That's why I love the Bible. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the goal of reconciliation. And then I'm going to finish it up and I'm going to tell you the proof to make sure that you have what I'm bringing to you this morning. So let's jump right in, please. Reconciliation's purpose. Let's look with me at verse 19 of Colossians chapter one. It says this. For in him, stop right there, underline that if you've got a pencil or a pen. In him, who's the him referring to? We're jumping into the context. It's a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus himself. He says this, are you with me, in verse, I'm sorry, verse 16. So I'm going back to get us the context. It says, for by him, who Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Now, verse 17 says that he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be, what does your version say? Supreme, preeminent, Some versions say that he would have first place, hence title of the series, that what that Jesus, we would surrender to him, first things first, that we would surrender ourselves to him because of who he is and what he's done. And Paul goes on and he says, for in him, now look at the next phrase, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Now why was the fullness of God pleased to dwell in Jesus? Because of all those things. And what Paul is saying here is he's writing and he's slapping the face of some people. He's slapping the face of the Gnostics. Gnosticism was on the rise here and it was infiltrating the church. It was just getting developed. You say, what's that? Well, they believed that all matter was evil. So they believed that they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe that deity could exist in human form because matter or bodies, it was evil, so it could not happen. And Paul's like this. He's like, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. Like God was dwelling in him. So much so, flip in your Bibles, keep your fingers um, in Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 9 of chapter 2. He says this, and we're going to get there in the upcoming weeks, but he says, he's slapping the Gnostics again, he says, for in him who Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, dwells bodily. And he goes on to talk about them, but he's saying that Jesus, the fullness of God, was pleased to dwell in him. Flip back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. We're going to get to our word this morning. We're going to get to the message of the scriptures I want to define it clearly for you. It's used two times in the passage that we're looking at. He says, and through him, through who? You tell me. Through Jesus. He says this. He says that he's going to do what? That he, to reconcile, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Let's stop there. We'll get there in a minute, but let's go ahead and underline that word reconcile. What does it mean? It's the topic of the message this morning, Reconciliation. It means literally to change. It means literally to exchange. Interesting to note for those who may have a study Bible, it probably says this. This is a rare word that the apostle Paul chose. This is a word that's not a normal word that's used for the word reconciliation. The Bible was written in Uh, Greek, Koine Greek, and this word that he uses this time when he's talking about reconciliation, it's a compound word. You say, well, what does that matter to me? I'm not really too interested in that. Well, I would just say it like this. There's a phrase that he put on at the beginning of the word to intensify the meaning to the power of 10. He's like this. He's like, you can't change. God is the only one that can change you. You can't be reconciled. God is the one that's going to exchange. There's something that's going to take place. This isn't about you going to get your car detailed, okay, and clean it up a little bit. This is a major overhaul that needs to happen inside of you. This is this word to reconcile, to exchange. It's what happens inside of a cocoon. It's what? It's something, a total transformation that happens when the caterpillar turns into what? The ugly caterpillar turns into a beautiful butterfly. That's what's in this term to reconcile. Dictionary.com says it like this it says, to become friendly after estrangement. Interesting, because that implies that there was a relationship that was broken. And for us to be reconciled, see, it's this idea that we're going to become friendly again with God. What needs to happen for us to become friendly again with him? A total change of us because God can't come near us in the midst of our sinful condition. We're going to get to that in a moment. Reconciliation, what is it? It's a complete, it's an utter change. It's like this, it's total transformation from the inside out. Too many Christians, too many evangelicals. That may be the problem of the church that sometimes we think it's a transformation that happens from the outside in and we're more concerned about what we look like and the suit that we wear and that we're all, we got everything fixed and and we walk around like there's no problems and, and we're okay and I'm spiritual because I look nice. That's not the Apostle Paul's definition of reconciliation or transformation. It's not something that can happen from the the outside in. It only comes from the inside out. That's why Jesus was so harsh with those who thought like that and he called them. He said, you're just like whitewashed tombs. He's just like the outside, it's like it's the inside. And it says, in Ezekiel, that God wants to do this. He wants to replace your heart of stone with the heart of flesh. That's the exchange. That's reconciliation that our hearts would beat for him.
1: We'll hear more in just a moment when High Point with Ron Zapia continues. You can request a copy of this message called Surrender to God's Son on CD when you call 844 844- HP Radio. Stay with us. There's more teaching straight ahead. Hey, this is Ron Zapia, pastor and teacher on High Point. Every day we're calling men and women to
0: elevate their faith through a fresh encounter with God. We take time to focus our thoughts, arrange our priorities, and encounter God in the midst of our day. Together, we explore God's Word. We gain practical insights to guide our daily living. When we do this, we experience a new High Point in our faith. Listen, We want you to draw closer to God through his word, get to know him better and elevate your faith. We get real with what God says about topics like family and marriage, friendships and living for Christ. On High Point, we're here to encourage you with God's word and provide you an encounter with Jesus. It's a lifelong journey and I'd love to have you join me. So listen right here every Monday through Friday for High Point.
1: For more Bible teaching resources from Pastor Ron Zappia, head online to www.highpointministries.com. That's highpointministries.com. This is High Point with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. You're listening to a message from our series called First Things First, and you can access all of these messages when you visit highpointministries.com. Now getting back to our study Here's Pastor Ron.
0: Let's get back in the text because it's important. What does God want to reconcile? What does he want to change thoroughly and completely? Love this phrase. He says he wants to reconcile to himself what? All things. Hold on. Let's quantify that. You mean all things? How about that leaky faucet I got in the bathroom? How about that flat tire? What about that bad haircut that I got this week? I mean, is God gonna reconcile that too? Answer, look with me in the text, next phrase. Whether on earth or in heaven. So what he's saying there is I'm gonna reconcile everything that is on earth or in heaven. So you tell me, what about that leaky faucet? Sounds good, don't call the plumber yet. He's gonna reconcile all things. Good news for the guy I'm telling you with the buzz cut, He's gonna reconcile all things. Ron, what do you mean? Well, I don't think we'd clearly understand at times that the truth of the matter is this, that God not only is in the business of reconciling people to himself, but the curse of Genesis chapter three not only affected us as individuals as we sinned and disobeyed God, but the curse has impacted our entire world to knock it off center, so to speak. Ron, what do you mean? Pick up the newspaper. Take a look at what it says on CNN. Like things aren't getting better in the world, they're getting worse. Revelation chapter 20 promises that there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. That God is in the business of reconciling people to himself and our world, which needs help. That's what his desire is to do. You say, when? I say, I don't know. It's on his timetable. It's on his watch. But I know this. I'm trusting in the promise that Paul says, that God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. And through him, who Jesus, that's his chief aim, that he would reconcile to himself all things on heaven and in earth. How's he going to do it? Look at the next phrase, making this. What's the word? Peace. This is the peace of God that can come in the midst of my turmoil and my difficulty, and it can give me comfort. It surpasses, the scripture says, all understanding. But in order to get the peace of God, I need peace with God. I need to be reconciled rightly in the relationship back with him because I am born a sinner that is apart from God. That means this. That means that we are all in need of this reconciliation. Well, reconciliation, its purpose is peace. God wants to bring peace to your life. Stop for a moment. He wants to bring it to human hearts, and he will bring it to the entire world. That's his desire. That's his goal. You know, why are we always talking about the sin stuff? I mean, you know, it's just like the sin, the sin. Like, like, like what's the deal with all that? Well, well, I'll tell you what the deal, look at the next phrase. How's he gonna bring this reconciliation? How's he gonna bring this peace? You tell me, what does it say in the scriptures? What does it say next? At the end of verse 20, how's it coming? By the, by the blood. And sometimes I think we read that and we're numb to it. But the truth is that 2,000 years ago, a man had to be brutally beaten and killed for things to be transformed. So what had to happen is the perfect sacrifice had to go to the cross because the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, that there's no forgiveness without what? Without blood that blood is the thing that has to take place something has to die someone has to be sacrificed to pay the penalty of our sin the scripture says it clearly without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin so how's god going to put this all together by the blood of the cross by what happened two thousand years ago here we're all if we want peace with God, if we want the peace of God, it's like it doesn't come any other way. We're finding ourselves in a culture that tries to say that, no, it's Jesus and, it's Jesus plus, it's Jesus dot, dot, dot. And here we say the apostle Paul saying, what's wrong with the world is this, that we have a problem, the problem is sin. God wants to reconcile, he wants to restore a relationship with you. There's no other way that that's coming outside of the cross. That's it. It's an old message, but a good one. Because for those who've embraced it, the truth is you've experienced the peace that I'm speaking about. You say, "Man, I, you know, I know, I agree, I, I, I hear you, but, but it's so hard because you know, like people just aren't into this message, and maybe you're even sitting in here and you're thinking, well, why does it have to be? That just, why does it have to be like that?'" Maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, I've heard this before. I know this to be true. But people think that I'm nuts when I go back to the cross and that that's the thing. It's okay. I didn't come up with it. God did. It's his plan to redeem this world. And it goes through his son. There's no other way. There's no other door. There's no other place. If you want this peace, it comes through his son through the price that was paid. But you've gotta embrace where you really were. Look at verse 21, because that's what the Apostle Paul does. He says, and you were once, underline that word once, so glad it's there. What does that mean, you were once? It means that it was true before and it isn't true now. It means that, you know what, I stand here not as the person that was in, what, in college and the things that I did and in my young adult life and the mistakes that I made. I stand here, yes, not as that same person that there's been an exchange, that there's been a transformation, that I was once, what does the scripture say, alienated. Look what it says next. He says, I was alienated. That means, write down Romans chapter five, verse 10. See, all of us were born into this world as enemies against God. That's why we need this reconciliation. That's why this great exchange has to happen. That's why this eternal change is so critical and important because we were enemies of him until the cross, until we embrace the truth for ourselves. He says, you were once. I'm so glad it says that because I'm standing here as a new person. I was once alienated from God, but I am no longer. He says this. He says, I was once hostile in mind, but did anybody agree with me? I am in no longer hostile in mind towards the God who loves me. He goes on to say, I was once doing evil deeds. And I say, I'm telling you, I, it's not true anymore. That's not the whole of my life. And as I rally up, the truth is this. You could probably stand and say the same thing and say, I was once alienated from God and a tear may come to many faces. But as we think about it, we say to ourselves, I wish that, I'm telling you, man, I wish I was just another step up. Isn't it true? I I wish that it was just a little bit different. And I, I, You know, I could use a little more holiness, but I have a different desire now. And if you're sitting here this morning And you're saying, I'm not the man or the woman that I want to be yet. If you've been reconciled to God, the process has begun. And although you may be doing some of the same things that you once did, there has been a change that has taken place. And your part in the equation is that you would surrender yourself to God's son. And that you would continue to do that. But can I affirm you that today, this morning, you were once this, you are no longer. And although you may have the same difficulties, your desire has changed. And God can do much through that.
1: Pastor Ron Zappia with a message titled, Surrendered to God's Son. You're listening to High Point, and if you missed any of today's study in Colossians, you can always listen again on our website when you go to highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, as we've been talking about this topic of reconciliation, um, and then we go and we look through scriptures and what it has to say about it, it becomes clear that this means a lot of different things to different people in our culture.
0: Yeah, it does. And, you know, I want to say this, you know, first things first is we got to do this. Like, what does it mean? What did the word mean? Is it used in the Bible? You know, many people don't understand this. I mean, it really means to make things new. And what it does is it's bringing two things together, but it's a change from the inside out. And, you know, the important thing about reconciliation is to recognize that's what jesus came for he wants to change you from the inside out he wants to give you a new heart he wants to give you a new spirit he wants to give you a new purpose he wants to give you a new life and he can only do that as we are reconciled to god we have the ability to do this once we are reconciled to him we play a part that's the interesting thing about the gospel we play a part in helping reconciling other people to him and other people, to each other. Let that sit for a moment. We love because God loves. We forgive because he forgives. We become able to love and forgive when we first accepted the love and forgiveness that God offers so that we can do this. We can share that message of hope to others today. Get with God today, seek and ask his forgiveness that he offers, and then you'll be able to give it to other people. Let's make sure that we continue to move forward putting Jesus first.
1: Well, one of the best ways to get time with God is through reading his word. And when you study the word of God, you're putting this truth inside of you. And to help you do this, we've created a special resource called the High Point Journal. And if you've ever kept a journal of your time with God and know how powerful and encouraging it can be when you look back years later and see how God answered your prayer requests, maybe gave some wisdom in difficult situations, or simply filled you with his peace. In this High Point Journal, you you're going to learn Ron's own method for how he studies the Bible and how he applies it to his life. And then write down your key thoughts and your prayers in this journal. So when you contact us this month with a gift of support, we're going to send you the High Point Journal as our way of saying thanks. So contact us today with your gift of any amount and request the High Point Journal. Call 844-477-2346. That's 844 477 2346, or go online to highpointministries.com. Of course, if you prefer to send a check, address your envelope to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. When you give to High Point, you become a part of our community of supporters who believe in the power of this ministry, friends who want to impact listeners far beyond this local station. You also enable us to reach an ever-growing audience spanning coast to coast. So give the gift of gospel-centered programming to people all across the country. Give online today at highpointministries.com. I'm Steve Smith. Join us again Monday for more inspiring teaching with Ron Zappia right here on High Point.